Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. So today the SABC celebrated International Day of Persons with Disability and uh, international advance promoted by the United Nations since 1992. And uh, the SABC Library celebrating this day with different authors doing book reviews. And uh, it was quite jam-packed this morning here. I've got um, C. Tlesibia, who's an SABC librarian. And uh, you guys decided to host this today. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Uh, good afternoon to you too. T- tell us the concept behind why you decided to to do this um, this author, particularly focusing on books this uh, this day. Mm, one of the purpose is that uh, as a person you need to read, and if you need to read, you need to know every book or more information that is available uh, around you. And uh, one of the aim was to make sure that uh, we also accommodate people with disability so we we are cele- we are actually celebrating a a, a, a month of a disability mm. and we have to make sure that we include them as uh, the people because they have got every ability to do things mm. it's not that uh, if they are having this disability or if they are disabled they cannot be able to do things that a normal person can do mm. so yeah, that was the main purpose uh, to make sure that they do give us their their books, uh, their information. We know what is it uh, that uh, contains uh, from that book and so on. Mm-hmm. And, and what kind of outcome did you have this morning with the engagement of authors? Uh, you know, with also the SABC star. Uh, it was it was actually a, a, a good day because uh, we did uh, get information as to what is it that uh, made them uh, to write these books what is it that they need to share us the motivation what is it that we should be able to learn as people or as the normal people because uh, we, we got information that uh, the books that uh, they have published it the, there is a, a, a very big thing or a very huge information uh, behind it so we, we were able to understand as to what is it that uh, made them to to write those books and what is it that they need to share with us so i've got three authors here in studio with us i'm going to start with you darren byrne who's the author of becoming amos good afternoon good afternoon to you tell us about the book becoming um becoming amos it's actually a work of fiction but it's an in-depth study of the link between social disorder and substance use disorder so which comes first does substance use disorder cause depression does depression cause addiction Mm. Um, but it's an analogy of of life with abuse and use and recovery Mm. and um, where do we fall and how do we stand i i I see that it's obviously now in the category of of assisting people with disability explain that for us okay the disability i focus on is your um, mental disorders. mental disorders your bipolar mm. I myself suffered from chronic depression for many years mm. bordering on suicidal um, my wife was is um, has bipolar mm. and it's a study of uh, the book is about which comes first and how do you handle it do we self-medicate as I became an addict she became an addict mm-hmm. do we self-medicate because of our social disorder or does it come as a result of our addiction so, uh, so, mine so, so which one was it for you we guys? We don't know. 
I'd like um, my next book is called Redemption or Addiction. So, so if you don't mind, I mean, what 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 substance is this that we're talking about? Um, I was an alcoholic and yeah. using marijuana, and mm. my wife was on rocks mm. for 16 years. I was an alcoholic for 33. I've been sober 14. Do Do you know? Can you trace back when you when you started having? what may have been depression. Do you know how far back it goes for you? Yes, I was 12. And I knew it in the could pit have of been my that stomach. first. Yes. It, because you were not a substance abuser then. Correct. Um, and, and maybe that was a coping mechanism. Yes. Hmm. Um, I believe the depression came before the addiction. Yes. But I do find Sounds that like once it. I was healed from the addiction, yes. the depression disappeared. Once you, let's say that again. Once you were healed yes. from the depression. From the addiction. From the addiction. The depression disappeared. Really? Yes. Took time. Even though you may have started off with the depression. Correct. That's really interesting. And do you, do you, I mean, have you formed a theory around this? Obviously, you and I are not medical pr practitioners, but. No, my focus is deeply this? spiritual. Yes. I believe when you, you lose touch with your spirituality. In any faith, regardless of your faith, when once you're in the clutches of addiction. Do you think that perhaps as you were treating the addiction, you may have been treating the disorder as well at the same time? That's possible. I haven't thought of that. Self-medication. Such an interesting concept. And, and, and for those who obviously are interested in the book, you said it is fictional. Yes. Um, what message were you trying to get? I mean, I see that you're still grappling with, you know, the chicken and egg thing, which comes first and so on, which is important for us to interrogate. But, but what you wanted to, to deliver to the audience, what was that? What I wanted to deliver is how we confuse issues, grapple with issues, we grapple with life. Mm -hmm. And the end of the book, without spoiling it, is so simple. Mm-hmm. So we, go, we create our own chaos. We allow others to create chaos. We allow substances to create chaos. Our focus is all wrong. When you get your focus right, there's actually order. There's so many issues like forgiveness, self-forgiveness, forgiveness of other. Uh, we become deformed emotionally because of the choices we make. And when we come back to self as a creation, we become fully formed. Mm. And we understand our own shortcomings and those of others. How long have you been sober for? 14 years. You're really on your way to recovery. Amen. And your wife? Four years. We got married three years ago. Mm. And, and how is she doing? Fantastic. Mm. Such a wonderful story. Okay, your detail, the details of the book. Where can we get the book? It's uh, on Ex Libris Publishing. It's worldwide. It's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And we have our own website called Becoming Amos. Mm -hmm. And we have our own Facebook mm. under my name, Derry Byrne. Who's it geared at? I mean, the age groups there? Adults. At adults, yeah. particularly agile. Well, thanks so much for, for coming through, Derry. Really appreciate it. Let's also speak to Nontogozo Gamudise. And uh, you're an author of uh, a book of Bipolar and Me. That's yes. the title of your book. Yes, it is. Is that what you're suffering from, bipolar? Um, yes. So, um Pamela, I'm Nontogozo Gamondise or Nontogozo Nkabinde. So, Gamondise is my maiden surname. Mondise. Yes, Mondise. Definitely not what I mean. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so, when I was 19, I was diagnosed with um, bipolar mood disorder. So, that is the condition that I live with. Um, but When I, you were how long? I was 19. So, okay. it was also 14 years ago for mm. me. Um, I... I, I do know for sure that um, I was born with the disorder because I know from like 
10 years old mm. i i have i had moments when i wanted to be alone when i wanted to exclude myself when i wanted to be sad and and just cry so i i could pick up that i had the depression from about that age but mm. it really uh, manifested at 19 when i had my first crisis mm. so i had a, a bipolar episode at 19 what does it look yeah. like what is that crisis um so i was initially i was um very much depressed i was bursting into tears i was just crying for no reason and my life at that time was going very well because i was a second year university student at uj mm. um i was studying um for my diploma in medical technology life was uh, all roses to, to everybody else to everybody like else great. and to me also mm. you know um i was taking care of i had a bursary i was i was well on my way um i had no no problems but i was just depressed and i couldn't put my finger to it why my soul said and um also at the same time because with bipolar you you fluctuate from being sad and then um having this high this high, high, high moods mm. you know making grandiose plans and all of that i i also was going through that high and with the crisis i totally lost it i became psychotic and that means i just forgot for a few hours who i was where i was and um my roommate says i was at the edge of our window at res and we lived on the 10th floor nice. and they could see that i i wanted to jump and unfortunately um, they managed to calm me down and they called an ambulance do you remember that particular incident there are details from that day that i do not remember to this day i just rely on what Everybody my friends have told me yeah what so what my roommate has told me what my friends told me so i was admitted at Joburg general and for six weeks um doctors were trying to figure out what it is i had cat scans i had uh, blood done um all sorts of things and at the end they they came with the diagnosis and said it's bipolar mood disorder yeah. So you obviously had what sounds like an extreme case um, it wasn't, for, for yeah. it to be diagnosed. It was an extreme case and I am thankful to God for it because that moment, you know, you, you, you can't get away from that. You cannot deny that. You cannot run away that that has happened because if it was in another way, I would have grown up with the depression, with the moods, with the swings, with everything and be in denial. But because of that crisis, I had to stop myself and say, okay, I'm coming to this realization. I have got this problem. Something is wrong and I need help. When you finally got the diagnosis, was it then easier for you? For the first few years, it wasn't. Yes. I, yeah, I, sure. I went through a denial. Mm -hmm. Look, like I said, I was a student and um, <laughs> throughout my life, you know, I, I'm a smarty. I was an A student. And I, I questioned it. I said, the doctors are wrong. They're making a mistake. How can they say that I have mental illness? How do they say that? You know, I'm, I've always been top of my class. I've always excelled at everything that I do. How do they say that I've got a, a, a disorder so, with so, my brain? So you were dealing with the stigma. I was, I was dealing with the stigma. I was, I, was, I was denying it. And I was hurting myself because I was refusing to take the medication. I was refusing the help because I was saying they're wrong they are wrong it must be something else so it it should have been maybe for that time that i just went through something mm -hmm. but this is not chronic the other thing that i could not deal with was they were saying this is for life mm -hmm. you have to take medication for life mm -hmm. and you will have this condition for life mm -hmm. it's never going to change for mm -hmm. you so i couldn't 
I couldn't um, when, understand that. When did you get this the switch? When did you finally come around in understanding that you you need to deal with this, accept it, and get help, and 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 then at least perhaps look for a better future? Um, there, there were certain events um, in my life. There were certain moments. Yeah. Um, one of them was um, the birth of my daughter, and now I had someone to live for. Mm. You know, and and I looked at her and I said for this little person mm. I've got to be alright mm. um, it was also uh, <laughs> you know uh, when yes I, I met her father before so meeting my husband and that that feeling of being in love and I don't want to lose this mm. so I, ca I, I have to be in control mm. I have to be in charge because I don't want to lose this person mm. so it, it was that you know it, it was those moments that I want to have a good life mm. and now I need to take care of myself and I cannot continue to burden my family with being on and off and being sick being in and out of hospital mm. yeah what a powerful was, story yeah so where is the book available the book uh, will be ready in the next um, two weeks I am self-published okay. and I will go the self-distribution route okay. um, with the assistance of um, Global. so you will get the book from me and um, what um, I can just encourage is that people please follow me on social media and that was that is where I will have my updates. So mm -hmm. on Facebook I'm Nondogos or Gamondise Nonti underscore Jobe on Instagram and at Nonti Joy on Twitter. So I'll be posting updates um but also um there's a number on there where mm -hmm. you can phone and pre order the book mm -hmm. and place your order and I will be sending out the books as soon as they're ready. Thank you so much Nondogos for, it's a for pleasure. giving us the time to talk to you. Thank I'm you. also with Deborah May who's also an author of Soaring Above the Clouds. And this is an autobiography. Thank you so much, Deborah, for coming through. And you suffer from cerebral palsy. Yes. How, how, when, how soon did you know that you had cerebral palsy? Well, I was born mm. in 1974. Yes. And they only diagnosed me at 18 months. At 18 months? Yes. I mean, it's not bad. 18 months is not, it's not too, too bad. Well, if you look at today's, today's scientific um, improvements yeah. to treat a person with cerebral palsy mm -hmm. as young as possible yeah. gives them more. A better chance. Better chance, yes. And and your journey, how long, how has your journey, the, the journey that compelled you to put this book together? Well, my, my journey, instead of going downhill, has been uphill mm. all the way because doctors said that I would never walk, mm -hmm. never talk, mm. never get an education. Mm -hmm. And I started standing at the age of eight. You started only standing at the age of yes. eight? Yes. And then I did horse riding mm -hmm. at the age of ten. And I took my first steps. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know whether it was for therapy, but I'm also told that the horse riding is quite beneficial for therapeutic reasons. It and is. The rhythm of the horse yes. relaxes. Your muscles. Muscles. Mm -hmm. so, Did that help you a lot? Very much. Five months mm -hmm. after 
I started writing. I took my best tips. Amazing. Yes. And and you say that, you know, doctors were saying you would never get an education. You've written an entire book. Yes, yes. Well, the doctors said they told my parents never to encourage me really? to try and walk because I used to get terrible fits. Yes. Brought on by excitement yes. or anxiety. Yes. But thankfully my parents... Carried on encouraging me, and I, I started walking, and yeah, and I got an education, matriculated with exemption. Wow! Went on to get a diploma in business administration and computing. Yes. I'm really, really encouraged by your story. Let's, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll continue with these stories. And uh, before we do that, let's go quickly to Uzila Saku. We've just gone uh, 2.30. Let's go to Uzila Saku for the latest in headlines. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. So we had here at the SABC International Day of Persons with Disability, and uh, this has been observed since 1992. The SABC Information Library celebrated this by gathering uh, authors uh, with all sorts of different stories to tell around their own disabilities. And uh, we've just heard uh, previously um, that they, you know, you've got authors here who are dealing with, for instance, bipolar. So not necessarily illnesses and disabilities that you get to see. Um, if you saw some of my guests here, they don't look like there is anything wrong with them. But as you obviously hear the stories, they're quite compelling and quite telling here. Uh, I was in conversation with Deborah May Kutsia before we went to the headlines. And uh, she's an author of a book called Soaring Above the Clouds. And Deborah was just telling me she's, she's living with cerebral palsy. And she was just telling us how she was told growing up that she shouldn't worry about studying. You know, she was never going to walk and so on, but matriculated with an exemption. So take us through the mechanics of the your, your, your school. Was it easy to get uh, education, uh, access to good education? Well, I was, I was first in school in Zimbabwe. Okay. And then reached a certain level where they could not help me any further. Okay. So we came to Pretoria New Hope School mm. and they did everything in their power to help me mm. and I just wanted to make the best of my life. Mm. I knew because of my physical disability that I would have to work extra hard academically mm -hmm. to make up for my physical disability. Because it's not necessarily connected. Physical and the mental, it's not necessarily one no. of the same thing. Cerebral palsy is very interesting. It is brain damage, mm -hmm. but it depends on what part of, of the, the brain. brain was damaged and I I am so blessed mm. that the part of my brain that was damaged mm. was the physical part. I see. 
So, so that obviously then meant that a lot, a lot of what you can do cognitively was not affected. Yes, yes. All right. So, um, looking at me can be deceiving. You can think I'm mentally, but yeah. What what opportunities then became available to you? Here you are. Um, sitting with a matric exemption, yes. and uh, you've just said it yourself, it can be very deceiving. Many people don't understand it. Yes. What then became of you after matric? Well, well in school, I became a born again Christian. Mm-hmm. And when I matriculated, I went to college, and as I said, I got my diploma in business administration. Yes. And I was so excited because I know there was a plan for me. Mm. But I didn't know what plan mm. there was. So I ended up sitting at home mm. with my parents for 18 months mm-hmm. with no social life, no church life. And it was very disheartening. Then I went into a home in Polokwane. Why Why did you choose to go to a home after all these years? Because we tried to find work for myself. And being on a little farm, there was just nothing. Mm. And did you have your own dreams? Yeah, I did. What were your dreams? My dreams were to make a difference in the world. Mm. My dreams were to use my disability mm. to glorify God mm. and to encourage other people. Mm. And that's why, that's what motivated me to write this book, mm. is to inspire other people with disabilities to inspire parents with disabilities Mm. and to inspire so-called normal people to live their life to the fullest. Mm. If you have a disability, it's not an excuse Mm. to sit back and feel sorry for yourself it's not an excuse. So how's life now? I am very blessed. I work at the church mm-hmm. and I live independently. No longer in the home? No longer now. It's been 20 years now. 20 years yes. living independently? Yes, living independently. Alone? Alone. I first worked at a school mm-hmm. selling uniforms mm-hmm. for 10 years mm-hmm. and then I moved on to the church property. Mm-hmm. I'm not completely alone. I see. I have good neighbors, neighbors yes. who I can call on at any time to assist wherever I need. But generally, I, I am alone. You're independent. Yes. Independent. Here is a message that's just come through on WhatsApp. It says, Wow, 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 three times. Sorry I didn't get your guest name who was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, but I take my hat off to 
uh, the de determination of her parents, her own achievements, and sheer determination is beyond encouraging. Thank you for sharing. I don't know who that's from, but that's for you. Thank you. Thank you so much, all of you, for coming through. And uh, you did say that your book will be available on Amazon and Kindle as well. It is, yes. It's already out, correct? Yes, it's out. out. 250. 250 already? Unbelievable. And 250 hard copies. Unbelievable. Really, really. Thank you very much for coming through. And I also want to thank all of you for coming through as well today. And all the best with your endeavors. And we'll get the details of your books on our social media platforms. And uh, it does seem like a lot of people are interested. So we'll put them up. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.